This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday. Day, November 19th, 2019, and I do really welcome you. I had a, some technical difficulties a day or two last week, but I think we got past them over the weekend. And I appreciate you being with me and putting up with that, with my, with the, and having patience to put up with those recorded shows. I know you'd rather be much better to be live, and here I am live. And of course, we're going to talk about today's news. What's going on? What's affecting the market? The market was mixed today. Dow down, Nasdaq up, uh, and you know we're we're done with the earnings season, so that's not going to drive prices. So it's going to be driven by economic news, I think. And actually, the economic news is pretty good today. So we'll talk about that. I, there's lots of news always coming out. So hopefully, we can get to all the important parts of that news before the end of the show. And of course, I'm going to give you my unbiased opinion and any guidance I can on any questions you have that are financial. And I really would appreciate you calling me and asking those questions. I'm Steve Peasley. And again, thank you for joining me today. And and please call. I want you to call me. You drive the show. You take charge. You drive it wherever you want to go. Wherever you want to talk about, we'll talk about as long as it's financial. You know, financial in nature, at least. And this really helps all of us. Your questions helps all of us. It makes the show more interesting. It uh, It answers questions that other people may have. And, you know, we're all trying to think independently and, and be successful together. And that's what this, that's what I'm hoping to do. And, of course, the goal is the same, for financial freedom for everybody. So that's what we're going to do. So give me a call today if you can. My live number is 888-99-CHART. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. We're live right now. 888-99-CHART. So the holiday season is pretty, pretty much coming. It's fast approaching. Very fast. And I have got one more portfolio view. Usually I do not do them. I do not go anywhere in November and December. But I've decided to, since it's been a little bit longer than normal, that I haven't been back to San Jose, that I'm going to try to set up some appointments in San Jose on December 5th. Whoever wants to meet with me. Now, I know a lot of you will be busy. I made it early in December because because of the holidays, trying to split Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday. So if you want to meet with me, I got one more Thursday, one more day before the end of the year that I'll meet and we'll talk about your portfolios, okay, and talk about, give you a free consultation about what you're doing with your money, and if we can help you, KPP Financial can help manage your funds, we'd love to do that, of course, but I, I, this is free, there's no obligation to sit and take a look at your, your portfolios. So, if you want to meet with me, click on the Portfolio Review link on investtalk.com or call our KPP Financial offices in Irvine, California. And we have an 800 number, 800-557-5461. So, you can call. My main talking point today concerns this particular story. The digital money revolution is happening. Digital money is already a key battleground in finance with big tech, banks, and processors all vying to become a gateway into the platform-based economy. And we're going to dig into that. Now, we're already using digital money. You use a credit card, don't you? That's digital money. So I've got some pretty interesting things to talk about. 
Um, and that's going to be one of them. The other things I want to discuss is I kind of wrote a couple things out today. Uh, do you know who Joe Davis is? You probably don't. He's the chief economist for Vanguard. And he has a kind of a downbeat look for the economy and the uh, stock market. Okay? Then uh, Oxford, an Oxford economics predicts predictions for 2020. What does he say? Well, not nearly as bad as Joe Davis from Vanguard. So I'm going to go over both those guys. Okay? I'm going to talk about the three top colleges that give you the best return on your money. And they're talking about after 40 years going back of these colleges you graduated, 40 years later, what was the best one that gave you the best, you know, opportunities, income, jobs for all those 40 years? And none of the three are any colleges you will ever think of because they're not Ivy League. Not. Not a major college that you know about. I find that interesting. I think I wanted to share that with you. Okay, mortgage rates. They're rising. We know they've been rising a little bit. They're still very low, but they've been rising. But applications are coming in strong. So we'll talk about that. And, you know, if we can't get to it, I want to talk about retail sales. I got lots of stuff I can talk about. I just don't know if I can get to all the things I want to talk about. And that's what it is. What did the market do today? The Dow was down 102, the Nasdaq up 21, and the S&P down 2. So you had a kind of a mixed day today. Eh, nothing major, up or down. I mean, it's not anything to really worry about one way or another. So I don't think you need to really worry about that. Let's go ahead and take our first listener line call. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Bernie in San Ramon. I have a question regarding uh, withdrawal rates. I'm familiar with, uh, you know, 65, you retire, 4 or 5%. But I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be, someone at that age anticipating uh, life to 92. Thanks a lot. Well, it, of course, the withdrawal rates really depend on how much money you're spending, right? I mean, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your spending rate? But if you were in your... 70s and you want to are in your 80s and you want to figure it out into your 90s it's pretty simple to do it's just a math so let's say you have a million dollars you need 10 years worth of money you can take 10 percent out a year right and that's if the money doesn't produce any money whatsoever right it's just eating the hundred the million dollars in other words, you're not making any return on that million dollars as it's going down. You're not making it. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. But it takes more. There's no magic formula that anybody has. What we do know is that if you take between 4 and 5% of your money every year in retirement and you invest it moderately, moderately, you'll probably never run out of money. Because it done the, you just do the extrapolation and the math. But, you know, if you're trying to get for a certain period of time over a certain period of time, it's really, well, what you're, what you, you can, if you want the money to last 10 years, just divide it by 10. And there you go. You know, it's not that simple. It's not that hard. It's pretty simple stuff. Okay. This is Invest Talk, everybody. We're streaming live Monday through Friday, four o'clock hour in Pacific time. And so, therefore, I am live right now. 
And of course, you know, you can download it free, you know, on the condensed version of the show in a podcast form. And uh, you can browse by topic or investtalk.com. And you can also download, you know, download it. You can rate us. You can review us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any one of those things. And now I'm taking your financial investment questions live at 888-99-CHART. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now 888 99 chart. 888 992 4278. Love to talk to you. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Would love to talk to you about anything financial. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. It's always been the same, always will be the same, has been the same for 20 years or more. Okay, let's take a quick look at some of the key key benchmark numbers. Oil is $55 a barrel. You know, I've been it's almost boring to talk about it anymore because it's always about the same. Uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't bring it up every day because it's about the same. Gasoline, $2.59, up for California. Well, actually, we broke down below $4 a, price, a gallon. We're at $3.94. Whoopee. Yeah. Iowa is $2.41. We're at $3.94. Two-year Treasury yield, 1.6%, and the 10 years at 1.81. That's a good spread, and that's what we want, the normal spread. Gold at $1,468 an ounce, uh, up a little bit today. Nothing major. Uh, it got up to 1500 so is it going to go back up to 1500 That's really the question, isn't it? And how long is it going to take to do that? I, I guarantee you it'll go back there. I just can't guarantee you when that, what, what time frame that will be. But gold has been up in the last one, two, three, four, five, about, five, about like six days, slowly creeping back up, trying to you know, buoy the, from a, from a two-month drop. Nothing significant about the drop, just slowly eking down. And the dollar, you can look at the dollar by looking at an ETF called UUP. The dollar, of course, in the last four or five days has fallen while the gold has gone up. So it's, they're kind of reattaching again. Because there was a time there, they kind of disconnected. Dollar would move in the same direction as gold. That's not normal. Dollar goes down, gold goes up. That's normal. Okay, let's take a look. Oh, we got a call. Let's talk to Brian in San Francisco. How you doing, Brian? Good. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, I'm looking at adding an automobile company to my portfolio. Currently don't have any, and I'm okay. looking at Ford, and I wanted to know your thoughts. I know they just released the new uh, electric Mustang, um, and they I know they're stopping uh, all their regular-sized cars, and they're only doing SUVs now. Um, so I wanted to know your thoughts on it. Okay, um Automobile companies are very, very cyclical. You know that, right, Brian? In other words, if the economy is slow, they, their stocks go down pretty hard before the economy hits a recession. And then they come out, start to come out before the recession is done. So uh, we're not in a recession, but the, all the auto companies got per, hit pretty good, but nothing terrible. Ford is at one. I like Ford probably one of the better ones of the car companies because they have little. They don't have that much debt. They were smart before the last crash in the market. They they sold off a lot of stuff they didn't need. 
and they cut down their debt very much, unlike GM, who had to file bankruptcy because they almost, they went out of business. But no one remembers that because you can still buy GM cars. But Ford didn't. Don't Ford smart? I think at a dollar twenty nine earnings a share and an eight dollars and ninety cent stock, that's pretty darn cheap. So I yeah. kind of like it at this price. Plus, plus it's paying a dividend yield of six point seven percent. Cash flow is huge at three point three eight. Return on equity is fifteen percent. I, I mean, you're looking at a PE that's cheap. So I think this would probably be a pretty decent price to buy it. Now, this is a long-term hold for you, Brian. Uh, is it? Thinking about it, but now that you're saying it's cyclical, I'll probably sell it once it's up really high. Okay. Well, you could do that, but I think this is a good price. I think it's a. Mind, remember that auto companies usually have lower P's. For instance, the Ford PE is range is five to thirteen, so it never gets really high. But right now, it's right near that low of its range. Yeah. So, MN is paying 6.7% dividends. So, while you're waiting, you're collecting some good dividends. Not bad. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Brian. Investors are doing well since the election of 2016. There are currently 55 million 401k holders in America. 55 million 401k holders. That doesn't count 403Bs, 457s, and the others. Remember, 401k is private sector uh, only companies issuing uh, retirement accounts benefits for their employees. 200,000 of them have a million dollars or more in their 401k. 35 million have IRAs. Now, since Mr. Trump was elected president, the value of stocks has gone from gone up $10.8 trillion. That's a good big chunk. Pretty good chunk. So, it's benefiting those 401k guys, that's for sure. So, they got to be happy. On the next Invest Talk, U.S. housing starts have rebounded with building permits at its highest level in 12 years, and over 12 years. Lower, of course, lower mortgage rates are helping. That's not the only story, though. That's not the only thing. That story's going to be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose on December 5th. This will be his final out-of-town portfolio consultation trip this year. Steve's evaluations are offered at no cost and with no obligation. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Our main talking point today, digital, it's about digital money. Digital money. Well, we use digital money every day. You know that, right? Through credit cards. Credit cards, digital money. Yeah, we're not talking necessarily about cryptocurrency, but we kind of are too because that's part of digital money. That's the revolution that's going on. You know, we're ha- we've been slowly, slowly not using cash, right? We use our credit cards for everything, charge everything. 
So that's we're moving towards more digital money. Then of course you had you know the the real um, cryptocurrencies coming out and how do they work? You know, and now you're going to have another Li- I think it's called Libra coming from uh, Facebook, another cryptocurrency coming out. And the the problems it's going to make is in our banking system. Think think about this for a minute. Our central banks raise and lower interest. How do they do that? They do that by by um, uh, lending money to the banks at lower rates or increasing the rates. It's called overnight rate to the bank. The Federal Reserve loans money to the banks. The banks take that money and lends it to you and me. Well, when everything is digital, how's that going to work? When there's really no money, really no no dollars, no printed money, no nothing's in the system. It's all digital. How, how is that going to work? How does the Fed then control I mean, it's obviously it can be done. That's obvious. But there's nothing in place yet to do it. So how are they going to do this? And there's a, there's issues, especially with fraud. Think about how easy, think about fraud now. What if all money was digital? Just going to make the problem bigger. So it's really important that policymakers, you know, politicians, they have to create a kind of a roadmap for the decline of cash, and just for an example, Sweden's cash payments have fallen 80% over the last decade. So they kind of have that roadmap. How's the cash go away, and how do we use digital money? Is it going to be issued by the government? Digital money? Uh, well, we're pretty far behind on this. So we got to step up. I mean, we meaning the U.S., has to step up. That could be another big, uh, I mean, if you want to stay as a leader in the world, you're going to have to come up with a solution to that. Remember, our dollars are traded around the world. Well, we Our digital dollars better be traded around the world too. If we want to stay ahead, we got to do it. Okay, let's go ahead and grab another question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Andy from Wyoming. Just have a question about the utility sector put some money into it, spread it over about eight companies about a year ago, obviously done pretty well. Most of them are at or above their all-time highs, wondering if it's time to start setting some stop losses or just hold on to them and carry on with the dividends. Specifically, my biggest position in Next Era Energy, Dick symbol N-E-E. Uh, just curious to what your thoughts are. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. I think I'd start to think about putting in stop losses to hold on to those. Remember, utilities have done very well because they're late economic cycle, but are we going to fall into recession? Uh, they've, utilities have had their first correction, okay? And, and you can see the NEE. It was just went from 238 down to 221, 22, and now it's at 232. It's coming back. So there's your first kind of indication that there's going to be some weakness. And I think that's what you're going to see. They're still online to make good money. And next, next Terra Energy is, is the least. And, and they generate, they generate uh, electricity and for 10 million customers in Florida. <laughs> the sales have been strong. If our economy continues to be pretty good, utilities should not necessarily fall apart. But utilities work best when the economy is starting to struggle or the anticipation of economy struggle. So this um, utilities from all year have done very, very well. 
because everybody was thinking that, oh, we're late in the economic cycle. So was I. Remember I said over a year, well over a year ago, I thought that late this year or early next year we'd fall into recession. Well, that I made that prediction in my December, my January letter to the clients because my annual letter to the clients because it because the Federal Reserve was raising interest rates. They just raised it again in December, and I thought that was a mistake. And if they keep raising them, they're going to throw us in a recession. But lo and behold, they made a you know a, a total turnaround and started lowering rates immediately, three times this year. That might be in time to stop the recession anytime soon. Might just post to push off another year or two. So that. You know, so now is utilities still going to do well for that period of time? They could. They could. Anyways. Okay. Uh, the, we got a break coming up, so I need to get to my trivia question, as always. The w- word of a possible $70 billion Walgreens buyout has been in the news. Everyone knows Walgreens' name. But now, as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What is the little-known family connection between Walgreens and one of its legendary competitors? I'll have the answer after the break. But now I'm taking your market financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is InvestTalk. And now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here. He's taking your calls live. Step up with your questions now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. What is a little-known family connection between Walgreens and one of the legendary competitors? Walgreens is an American company that operates at the, as the second largest pharmacy store chain in the United States, just behind CVS Health. That, that's today, right? But in the early 1900s, Walgreens had a different large store competitor called Rexall Drug Stores. I've, I saw those many years ago, Rexall Drug Stores. They had a little known connection. At one time, an American business name businessman named Justin Dart Sr. was considered the boy wonder of the drugstore industry. After marrying Ruth Walgreen, Dart became an executive with his father-in-law's company, the Walgreens drugstore chain. At Walgreens, Dart introduced the concept of placing the pharmacy counter at the back of the drugstore, which not only provided privacy for medical concerns, but forced patients to walk past many items in the store that they could buy. 
1939, Dart and his wife were divorced. In 1943, Dart took control of the Boston-based United Drug Company. The chain operated under various brands. Dart rebranded the stores under the Rexall name. In 1958, Rexall Drug Company was the largest U.S. drugstore franchise with 11,000 stores. By 1977, due to discount competition, the value of Rexall business had deteriorated to the point that it was sold to private investors for $16 million. $16 million. The investors divested the company-owned stores through existing franchise retailers were able to keep the Rexall name. So that's why it hung around for a long time. So that's that story. How many locations does Walgreens have today? 9,500. 9,500. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, mortgage rates are now uh, rising. They've been rising a little bit in the last few weeks. Applications are still coming in pretty hot and heavy. 30-year fix is 3.75%. Now, a year ago, a year ago, they were 4.94. So, still down from a year ago. But we got close to 3.5%, 3.6%. So, they're creeping back up a little bit. The 15-year fix is 3.2%. Now, just so you know, the 30-year mortgage rate tracks the 10-year, 10-year Treasury bill. And remember, I've talked to you that the spread is improving. That means that the yield on the 10-year has gone up, and so has the 30-year mortgage. Okay. Now, since that spread is improving, recession fears are re- declining. So, mortgage applications week over week were up 10%, 9.8%. I rounded off to 10. So more. Is, why do you think they, even though the mortgage rates are going up in the last few weeks, applications are going up? Probably from FOMO. Fear of missing out. FOMO. Fear that they won't get the lower rate. Fear that it won't come back down. Actually, I feel it will be coming back down. But that's probably why there's the, the, the mortgage applications have gone up in the last few weeks. Jason El Segundo. How you doing, Jason? Good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Great. Thank you. I really appreciate the show. I try to listen to you guys every day. Hey, Thank you. My question is, uh, I'm new to investing, and I uh, one of the first stocks I bought was Fiat Chrysler, F-C-A-U, and it's gone up since uh-huh. I bought it, and I'm pretty happy. But it looks like it's about to turn, and it might be a good time to get out. But I'm wondering, with the uh, talk of a merger, merger, if there's some good reason to stay with it for a while. Okay, whenever they talk of a merger or some big news like that and it spikes the stock, okay, if, you are, uh, if you're not in the stock for the long haul, that's when you sell. Because the, that's the rumor of the merger, right? It's not really happened. And there's this, this saying called buy the rumor, sell the news, because when they do make the deal, the stock will probably come down. Now, it won't go back to where it was, but it'll probably get back half that gain. Very common. So, if you were in a, you're in a short-term uh, trade kind of situation for Fiat Chrysler, this would be on a chart. This is you want to, you want to take your profits now. If you're a long-term holder and you like the 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 uh, possible combination, you know of uh, you know who, who is who are they who is the rumor with? I'm trying to remember. Peugeot. Okay. Yeah. So if you, okay. So if you like the merger between Peugeot and 
Fiat Chrysler and you think it's going to be beneficial for both companies, then you hold on to it. You just hold on to it. Okay, great. But are you a long-term holder on this? Uh, okay. So I'm new Good. and uh, I haven't decided yet. Okay. So you take it now or you hold on it for a couple of years. There's your two options, really. Okay. All right. Well, thank you Appreciate very much. Call. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah. When you, I've seen so many of these over the years where big news, big merger news is announced, and usually that's the best time to sell it. What if the what if it comes out? Oh, they can't agree to terms. That stock will tank. They can't agree. What if it was just a rumor? It really wasn't true. That stock will tank. What if it is true and they combine? The stock won't go up. So you can see, it won't. So you you can see. Well, where's your odds? Where's your odds? Your odds are to take it, unless you like the merger so much that the combined companies are something that you want to be involved with for a long time. Okay. Now here comes another investing caller question about the semiconductor sector. Hi, Steve with Justin. This is Sanket from Boston. Love your show. I've been uh, listening to your show for the last couple of years. I have a question for you regarding the semiconductors industry in general. Most of the semiconductor stocks have done really well in the last three to four months. What are your thoughts on a possible correction in that sector? I've heard you say that semiconductors are cyclical. What are some technical indicators of fatigue in, in this sector? Do you think it would be worth putting a shot on some of the semiconductors uh, stocks? Curious to know your thoughts. Look forward to your interview. Thanks. No, I think it's probably too late to put a short on the semiconductor industry. Um, I, I don't think I would do that. I, 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 I think, let, let's, let me take a look at a couple of stocks in that sector on a chart. I'm gonna, what you're looking for, you're looking at charts, okay? Yeah, you don't... Hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't think I would, I would, I would, I would short the industry at this point. I, I don't think I would. Um, why? Because we're already, we're, we're, we already looks like the economic news is starting to improve or at least flatten out. Therefore, the economy is probably not going to go into recession anytime soon. So, uh, if I'm not going to go into recession, that's when the semiconductors are probably you know, look the worst as we go into a recession. And they're not acting like we're going to go into a recession. They're not doing great, don't get me wrong. They had a pretty big, you know, had a, they fell in December like all the other markets and they made some, they've made somewhat of a comeback from that. So I think, I just don't think it would be a good idea to short them right now. I really don't. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. As you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear. And that always creeps into your judgment, your thinking. It's almost, it's very difficult to wring fear and greed out of your decision making. It's very difficult because most people don't recognize it. They don't recognize it in themselves. But it's there. You know, so you got to be really, really careful. So how do I know it's there? Well, of course, we have that little tool at Invest Talk, KPP Financial. We call it Riskalyze. It's a questionnaire. Just a few questions, you know, three, four questions, pretty simple to answer. And it gives you a score, risk score, from 0 to 100, 80 being the risk of the S&P 500. 
So you can calibrate your own personal risk tolerance by answering those questions. So take the little questionnaire on Riskalyze on investtalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley is making one more portfolio review consultation trip before year's end. If you live anywhere in Northern California, from Sacramento to Santa Cruz, from Napa to Novato, from Vacaville to San Rafael, or any place in between, you should make plans to sit down with Steve in San Jose on Thursday, December 5th. In an efficient and personalized consultation, Steve Peasley can help you optimize the asset allocation of your portfolio. Steve's evaluations are offered at no cost and with no obligation. So get your financial freedom objectives in shape for the coming year. Appointment availability for December 5th is limited. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. 888-99 chart. We're going to go talk to Noel in Napa Valley. How you doing, Noel? Uh, good, Steve. Nice talking to you. Uh, yeah, I just uh, liquidated a position. I get a big chunk of cash, and I want to get more defensive. So looking at uh, okay. the precious metals area. So I guess GLD is one that you're you're liking. Is this a good point to enter? Or uh, yeah, should I, like- I wait a little bit? Uh, Let's take a look at, let me look at GLD. And that's, uh, by the way, GLD, everybody, is uh, gold. I kind of like GDX better. Yeah. GDX is the gold miners ETF. GLD is the gold itself Mm -hmm. ETF. Um, It looks like they are both, they're both oversold. um, And, you know, from a MACD perspective on a chart, this would be the area you'd want to get in. If if you feel that you're going to have no another leg, uh, yeah, this is a good price for GLD and GDX, I think. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate some, uh, support on that. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Everybody, gold acts as a defensive or a uh, a. Um, a, 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 we call it a hedge in our industry against the stock market fall. So, you know, it's, it's one place you can go that you know will hold up in value. It, it may go down in value, but it holds up pretty good. And it does very well if the dollar gets weaker. It does very well if inflation, and it does very well if there's a lot of fear. Fear of recession, fear of a war, big fears, you know. So three things drive it. Well, the dollar's been going very, very strong for all this year, and gold actually did pretty good for having a strong dollar. Well, do you still think the dollar's going to continue strength against other currencies? I could. Uh, but all you need, I think, is some improvement in the world out there somewhere. Maybe we'll get that next year. And that will probably put downward pressure on the dollar. I don't think it's going to collapse or anything like that. Um, inflation, everybody's, uh, I've been reading a lot about inflation is starting to percolate. Mostly they think it's in the wages, not in the commodity prices, but in wages because employment is full, is full. So, uh, well, I guess so. I haven't seen any real evidence of it. Yeah. Wages have gone up in the last year. Yeah. But not to a point where it puts kind of moves us into an inflationary cycle. Not not at all. So it's you know, is gold going to move up? 
I think it, I think it does have at least one more leg up. But I'm not a long-term gold bull. I'm not. It's really good for defensive purposes. I do like it for that a lot. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, Joe Davis, chief economist at Vanguard. What did he, he's, he's prognosticating about the coming year. He expects the China-U.S. trade deal not to be resolved next year. Not to be resolved. And because of that, he thinks world GDP will be 1%. And he expects a strong stock market drawdown. Now, that's Joe Davis, at, who is the chief economist at Vanguard. Then you go over to um, Oxford Economics that had a prediction for next year. They feel that the world economy will stabilize next year. There will be lower growth. And they think if the U.S. recession, if U.S. recession, it would be more than 2001, not, it would be more like the 2001, not the 2008 recession. So if the U.S. goes into recession, it's not going to be that bad. Financial markets are overvalued and they expect only 1% growth. Now remember, Joe Davis expects the market to fall market drawdown. He didn't say how much. So they both think that the world GDP is not going to be, it's going to be slower. But Davis is pretty negative at 1% for the U.S., where Oxford Economics didn't really predict. They just said lower. Well, lower could be 2%, right? Because we're at two and a half, two and a quarter, something like that. So that's what both of them feel. The market's kind of overvalued. Both of them feel that there's a slowdown coming. And I want to remind you one of the first things I say in my book uh, that I wrote a number of years ago, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor, the first, one of the first things I said, that experts are always wrong. It's true today as it was true eight, ten years ago when I wrote that book. The experts are always wrong. Those two say... They could be right, but they. It, what I find over over history is that they might get the direction right, but they hardly ever get the degree right. Even many times, they're way way off, way off. One of the reasons is because they're these quote, quote unquote experts are not trying to give their unbiased opinion necessarily. It's biased. It's biased to what industry they work in, bias for the companies they work for, that kind of bias. This is the Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I have one goal here, one, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want it. I want it. I want you to have it. And of course, the work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, U.S. housing starts have rebounded with building permits at their highest levels in over 12 years. Lower mortgage rates are helping. That story tomorrow. And now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go ahead and talk to Nick and Hayward. How you doing, Nick? You want to talk about FedEx? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? 
I am good. Thank you. I, I own some I own some FedEx uh, at a little bit higher price, and I noticed it's uh-huh. going down last couple of days. And I was going to ask your opinion: Should I pick up a few more, or or not? I. I like FedEx. Do you have? Is it three percent of your portfolio, or you know, just a just you know, you don't want to you don't want yeah. to be more than five yeah. percent of your portfolio, okay? But I think I think it's bottomed. I it had you know it's fallen you know from a high of what what two hundred and uh, two hundred and sixty in in two thousand seventeen, okay? That's how high it got, mm-hmm. and today it's one hundred and fifty five. Yeah. So it's so yeah. now, for almost most of for most of this year, has been kind of turning sideways, a little upward movement, then down, and so I think this is the numbers, the fundamentals tell me that you should not go down any further. They're going to make thirteen dollars and ninety two cents a share next year. That's fourteen percent higher than this year. It's a ten PE, so you know based on last year's earnings. So, but going forward, that PE is going to be like eleven or twelve. But it's the range is uh, for the PE range nine to twenty one, so it's at the lower end, and the return on equity is very healthy at twenty two percent. Everybody was worried about FedEx because because Amazon was going to make you know more deliveries or deliver its own products, and you know their competition is coming in. But the whole sphere of delivering delivering packages is growing more and more every year. So FedEx will get that part they're part of that business. So will UPS and you know, so I think I think you know, I think the fear is overdone. I think they'll be fine. I really do. And I think there's a good price. So Nick, that's my opinion. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Senkit in Boston. How you doing, Senkit? I'm doing good. And how are you, Steve? I'm good and thank you for the call. Uh, Steve, I had a quick question for you regarding this index um, called Mark Hubert Sentiment Index. I remember you mentioning this uh, index, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. I think a few months back. Where, where do I get this index? I mean, I was trying to find it over the internet, but I just couldn't get access to, 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 to the sentiment index. Um, is it available? Okay. Um, uh, over oh, the internet, oh, yeah. or do I have to subscribe? Um, no. And it, what I uh, mean, if, are you talking, I don't have access uh, to it. But if you have access to it, what is it telling us? Okay. I mean, are we in for a pullback in the next few uh, months or so? You can't be real careful of sentiment indexes, okay? Consumer sentiment, you know, it's very difficult to make that kind of conclusion that if the the sentiment goes down, therefore we're going into recession. Because remember that these are surveys. These sentiment index are surveys, mostly consist of surveying people or companies and saying, well, how do you feel about the market or the economy today? And how do you feel? What do you think is going to happen? And what if today, you know, there's a bombing in New York City, right? I mean, people's sentiment is going to be way down, but that does not necessarily mean there's going to be a, 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 an economic uh, recession. So they could be down, the sentiment could be down because of the impeachment hearings. The sentiment could be down because the election's coming, or it could be up. So don't try to interpret sentiment all by itself as being a driver of the economy or the stock market. 
I, I don't. I, 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 I read them. They come out all the time, by the way. You said, where do you find them? Uh, MarkerWatch, MarkerWatch.com has a, a, a part of their website called Economics. Go to the economics, and then when you go there, go to the economic calendar, and you go there, and then every day it tells you what come out on the economic calendar, and that's where I get a lot of those economic statistics. So it's marketwatch.com, go to their tab economics, and then when you get to that page, open up the tab that says economic calendar, and that tells you, that, that's where the num- where you get a lot of the sentiment numbers from, a lot of other numbers too, but... Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, I guess that calls. I guess that's today. I think I think we're done. I'm Steve Peasley, and that's again another show, Best Off Program. I appreciate you being with me. I will be back tomorrow live. I promise. And please tell your friends and family members and all strangers about our program. I want everybody to listen. You you can get the podcast free, of course. You can go at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or even at our website, investtalk.com. Download. You can rate us. Tell me I'm bad, good, and different. Love to hear it. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.